Hello, welcome to Shitty Podcast. Um, so I, in the last episode, I said I wanted to upload some kind of mini episode thing where I give my testimony and talk about what led me to be a follower of the Bible from the New Age. So I think I. I was very inspired by Stephen Bancock and Doreen Virtue um, and John Ramirez. I think those are definitely the three pieces that I needed in order to believe in Jesus specifically because before hearing their testimonies, I just was not buying the whole, I I was going to say the whole Jesus thing, but (laughs) basically that's what it was. It was like, even I used to read the Bible a lot, especially like in high school, I would read Proverbs and Psalms. I was always into quotes, like meaningful quotes. So I really liked those parts of the Bible, but I just did not believe in Jesus. and, And when people brought up Jesus I would just feel kind of like this weird feeling of just like almost anger and I brought this up in the law of attraction I think video um episode I would just kind of feel this weird anger around because I felt like they were being like stupid I guess for believing and I, I really really didn't understand when people would say like they've given their life to Jesus or like um let Jesus into their heart and experience Jesus like those things I just didn't I didn't understand when people would say those things um so there was no real connection for me for until I heard those three testimonies it was really the combination of those three um that led to me kind of, I guess, really converting is a good way to put it, converting from New Age to Christian. So I'm just going to try to break down the pieces um, and kind of my logic and also the logic of, um, I guess, the progression and how the New Age kind of leads into Christianity. Um, but we're going to take a little, (laughs) a little break first. Okay, and we're back. So, um, yeah, if you just think of it as you always like were into girl stuff your whole life as a man and you just I didn't really question it and as a boy as like a little boy when you're into that into girl stuff the other boys make fun of you and no one ex- if you act more like a girl but you're a boy the other boy you can never fit in so if there's a way that you can fix that so that people don't have that reaction, why wouldn't anyone try to fix that in any way that they could? 
because I know just being someone who's kind of like a girl that's into a lot of guy stuff it's very difficult for me to connect with people more than being like kind of like a one-off friend because I don't I'm so different from other girls that they it's hard to relate to them and with guys it's like I mean it's you I mean you know girls and guys it's kind of hard to be friends sometimes and I do kind of, I look feminine, but I feel like everything I'm interested in is basically masculine. But I, and I think my whole life would have been different if I was a boy. It would have been a lot easier for me to fit in with my given interests. Um, but, I mean, obviously the feel, that feeling is not strong enough for me to, like, label myself as being transgender. But I do understand how especially as a boy it would be a lot worse like if you're a boy and you're into girl stuff it's kind of like it's just so easy to make fun of those those kids like they stand out so much more than a girl who's into more masculine things uh, so i i just don't really think it that is even a spiritual or like religious issue i kind of just think it's more of like like when i used to wear extensions if i had my blonde hair <laughs> I would get treated completely differently, really differently than if I had my my black hair or like uh, red hair or curly hair that looks natural or really long straight hair. So I kind of think it's just another way to control the way that you're treated in the world. And it's a big deal because it makes a big difference. And I think it's important to support people when they want to change that. Um, so yeah, that's just my two cents on it. I kind of got really off topic. But like I said, I just think like it's very important to follow God and follow the Bible and not really worry so much about even if you're you're an evangelist. I mean, you being an evangelist is supposed to be part of being a Christian. And I think even when you're evangelizing, you have to think of it in terms of that, in terms of walking the right way and leading. And, you know, and sometimes you can't look back. You can't always save every person, but you should just focus on walking in that right way. And teaching, teaching what the Bible, what is it really saying? It's saying, go away from the flesh. Go away from that. It's not about that. It's not about everything that can be obtained by those seven deadly sins is things that, th those are all things you need to stay away from. So money makes people greedy. Uh, having a lot of things, like having a lot of material stuff and like material food, as the, like as an example, it makes you gluttonous. You have too much, you get gluttonous. Excess. And then wrath, if you're too angry, if you're around people who are angry, wrath and that'll destroy you if you're constantly trying to be better than other people and in a place where people are always looking down on each other and just trying to be better than each other and don't really care about anything if you're in some kind of like profession like that or around people like that then you're gonna be envious all the time and you're gonna feel like crap let's see what else I'm gonna say greed, greed, gluttony, envy, 
lust. Lust is such an easy thing to see. It's so easy to see how lust destroys people. And lust is something that I think everyone can see how it destroys people. Even when you watch, like, I was watching these funny videos about um, guys who claim they're nice guys. And then as soon as the girl isn't interested, they start cursing her out and stuff. Like, online. It's just so ridiculous. And it's people that they don't even really know that well. Like, on Tinder and stuff like that. And I think that's kind of a good example of how lust can destroy someone. Because it's like, lust is about possession. That's my... I mean, I guess, that, I mean, that's kind of a weird interpretation maybe of it, but I think it really is about possession, because I think as a, as a woman, when you take these sexy pictures or whatever, it's like you want to completely captivate men, so you, you're, you're trying to possess, like, you're trying to obtain their attention and, like, it's like you're trying to yank their attention and just grab a hold of them with that picture. Like, or with something you're wearing. Like, if you go out to a club and you wear something really revealing, you're trying to gain, um, you're trying to have, like, possession of that man, basically, of men. You just want men to feel, um, like, enthralled by you and have that attention. And attention is power. You want that power over them. And I think it's the same thing with, with men, just wait, when they lust over women, it's more about, they feel like they kind of own them in a way, like, once they have sex with them, they feel like they own them, and then they'll, like, go on Instagram and show, oh, yeah, I had sex with this girl, so, you know, this one, it's like, this one is better looking, so she's worth, like, 20 points, and this one's worth 5 points, and this one's kind of ugly, but she's really famous, so she's worth, like, 5,000 points, you know, it's like, it's like a points game to them when it comes to that lustful thing even if they haven't had sex with the girls if they just talk to them and know them it's like a points thing with how the girl looks and even your nice guy friends they do it too <laughs> like if you're a girl listening they do it too it's just a guy thing and it's part of that lustful part of them and even the nicest guys do it but the ones who are christians and trying to be really follow god they're not they don't do that and the girls who who are Christian and trying to follow God, they're not going to have their boobies out on the gram. They're not going to have their whole ass out. And, like, all that's, like, every girl. Or they're not going to have these, like, sexy poses or anything like that. Or they're going to be covered up because they're not trying to make themselves an object of lust. So it's not about saying, like, looking at girls that are, that have, like, you know, kind of thirst trap kind of instagrams and going oh you're a slut you need to cut that out it's not about that it's not about we don't do that in this house you're a whore it's not that it's that the the flesh is not important it's not your look like looking like a fashion nova model is not important <laughs> looking like an instagram model it's just not important it's not about it being bad that's the, the issue that Christians need to understand when you really read the Bible is it's not about being bad that's not it it's about it not being important the things that we feel lust over that we feel greed over that we feel envy over they're not important the way of God is important that's what we need to follow
that's the that's the important thing that we need to put our attention on. So when we're focused all our attention on uh, who has the best weave or like the best wig or whatever, like because I used to look at a lot of I, I brought that up because I used to look at a lot of pictures of like weaves and wigs that are you know look very realistic because they're well done. They're like pieces of art really when you look at hair extension and like the the parting on them if it's not if it's a wig and it's not important i spent so much time looking at that for what just so i could i could like lust over the hair and want to have it and want to want to be prettier so people could lust over me like what is that that's not going to even get you anywhere it's not up see this is the point that i feel like christians are missing it's not about that it's going to lead you to hell that's not the scary part while you're alive it's going to lead you nowhere while you're alive and if you follow God while you're alive, you're going to realize what the real point of living is. It's all these things that are away from the flesh that you really know your spirit because that spirit is tied to God and to Jesus. Okay, so I went way over. So I think that's good. Um, so thank you to whoever's listening. If somebody in the future is listening, yo, what up? <laughs> um, Gondor Plim Primula, JT, and all that, so, yep. <laughs> Alright, so, we're back, and, <laughs> um, basically, I have been looking, researching a lot of information about the occult right before I just basically converted and became uh, more of a, I mean, a devout follower of the Bible. Um, I started researching Freemasons a lot, and um, the symbol, I started with the symbology because there's, um, I think we all know there's a lot of symbols that are kind of thrown in our faces on a daily basis. Um, between politicians, actors, models, musicians, especially rappers. There's a lot of different Freemason symbology that they use, like hand signals and different things like that. So I really wanted to learn about that because I think even though I might not have a lot of control over what they decide to do because they do run pretty much everything, I want to know, kind of have a little bit more information about how they communicate and the way they look at things and I just want to know my enemy basically so I just started doing a lot of research on Freemasonry finding there's different like handbooks and stuff like that and it's interesting the information that you can find but of course they like they have a lot of secret words so there's a lot of things where you you might find a whole book there's whole manuals out there about Freemasonry, but you won't understand what's in it. It doesn't matter what you think you understand. There's not really a real way to understand it without being involved or having a relative or a friend that's involved that can directly confirm what something means. So even there's a lot, there's people on YouTube who um, say that they're Masons or former Masons and they're they make these videos breaking down all the symbology and stuff like that and even that you have to take with a grain of salt because 
I mean, if you're in it, why are you trying to, why are you telling us that in that much detail about it? And they, they are proud of it, but at the same time, they, they look at us as beneath them. Um, um, but uh, Freemasonry, a lot of, it, it's, it's Satanism at the root of it. Because when Satanism is about worshiping the self. So it's not one of, when you hear somebody talk about Satan and demons and things like that, it's not like, don't think of the exorcist and, oh, Jesus, um, what does he say? Oh, Jesus Christ, can, uh, the power of Christ compels you and stuff like that. Like, just don't think of it in terms of that. Satanism, yes, um, that's part of it, but Satanism is about worshiping of man as God and Freemasonry, the whole idea of going up the degrees is like you're getting closer to becoming a god. God, not god like a god. And that's what Satanism is, is about. Satanism is about become, making man god. And um, when you talk about spiritual warfare, you can really see how that is something that really is happening and affecting our society right now. I definitely think social media makes man God 100% because it turns everyone into a celebrity and a celebrity is like somebody who is held as a God. It's like everyone is being idolized. All these pictures people take, they're taking them like models. It's never like a candid picture. Everything is always about bragging and being worshipped and the worship is through the likes and the comments and as dumb as it sounds and the views. As dumb as that sounds, that's really the reality of it. Um, so we're being taught to worship ourselves now by mainstream society. And um, I'll talk about this in a separate episode because I want to kind of stay on track. I'm getting off track a little bit. But I really want to talk about self-care, that term, and how I feel like self-care is a term that's basically perpetuating that satanistic idea of man being god it's, it's just the way that it's phrased and all of the things you find online you're like worshiping yourself you're just it's just be it's like a step beyond being vain and instead of it just being hygiene which if you find these kind of funny videos on youtube about you know hygiene and being a woman and picking a hairstyle that suits your face it was seen more as a form of being proper, like wearing clothes that fit you the right way and having hair that fits your face was just part of good manners at one point and just part of being a person, like brushing your teeth and um, wearing clean clothes is just, that's kind of just part of being in, in a society looking presentable and nowadays it's just gone way beyond that where it's just it's just I want to look perfect and it's like you're idol worshiping you're turning yourself into an idol so yeah but basically um it is still related to what I'm to my testimony um it I just really wanted to kind of surp not surpass but I wanted to be on the opposite end of the Freemasons. Like, I saw them as being the kind of the worst of the worst when it comes to man, when it comes to religion, when it comes to how people choose to live their lives. And I was looking for something that was the complete opposite of that. And it was just kind of pure good. 
and I thought that tarot cards were that honestly like I really felt like because the the kind of information you get from them can be so comforting and um accurate sometimes an accurate reflection of your life an accurate reflection of things you're afraid of and I think that's why it's so misleading and once um once I heard Stephen Bancars talk about familiar spirits and how when you do tarot cards you're not talking to a guardian angel you're not talking to god or anything else like that or like somehow tapping into information that's just there that's that's not controlled by individual spirits you're talking to quote unquote like you know talking whatever communicating with a familiar spirit which is a, a disembodied by disembodied i mean like uh, usually has well i think only has never been alive um only has like it's a, a evil spirit that's never lived but has always been on the planet on earth since the beginning of time and when they and if if they're in your vicinity and you're using these cards they can tell you whatever and they'll be right because they were there so it's just they're like people they're like little just think of the little devil on your shoulder like when you have an angel and a devil on your shoulder like in in looney tunes the familiar spirit is those but they're both devils so just look at it that way it's like having an angel and a devil on your shoulder but those you know when you're doing the tarot cards but they're both devils that's what you're talking to it's not it's not anything good um it, that's just not how it works those cards weren't created with that intention of you know and even though there are angel cards those are still bad they still talk to you the familiar spirits and there's never any real way to know who you're talking to even when like you say uh, at, when you ask god for a sign and something moves or like you know something you you see something sometimes that's not really a sign that's the familiar spirit you know manipulating the situation so it's really important to learn how to have discernment but that's another topic so I'm trying to stay on track basically through doing the cards I was just trying to elevate myself to be a more spiritual person I just really wanted to be out of this world basically <laughs> like I wanted to transcend being a, a person and not I didn't want to be a god I know I'm not I still strongly believe in god and I really enjoy the bible still at that point um, right before as being like a new age person I still really enjoyed the bible so um, um I, I just didn't think about sin like that I just like at the time I was a pretty pure person like not doing anything sinful so or at least anything I would consider sinful not, and and I was very sober or and still am so I thought I'm living a good life. I like reading the Bible. I try to help people as much as I can. I'm on the right track. And then just reading and learning about um, transcending to the fourth dimension is kind of what um, started. I think that's kind of when I started to move more towards Christianity because I saw a video where someone was saying when you die and you see the light that you're not supposed to go in the light. So this person was saying if you go in the light, you're reborn. And if you 
refuse to go in the light, you can transcend to become a fourth dimensional being. And it's like your soul would have to like study certain information or maybe we go to school or something. I don't know. Kind of a weird explanation, but he was basically saying there's a way to transcend so that you don't have to get reincarnated. So this is when I kind of was believing in reincarnation. And when I when I heard that, I was like, oh, yes, this is it. Like, I want to be a fourth dimensional being <laughs> when I die. Like, I'm going to do this. This is I'm going to figure out how to do this. So I started to meditate more. I started to do um, Buddhist chanting. And so when I started doing the Buddhist chanting, I'm not going to say the, the phrase on here, but it's a chant, whatever. It's a Buddhist chant. And I played it. And I, um, like, I had usually play it for like an hour a half hour and just repeat it over and over again and then I played it this one time and I sped it up a little bit and I started hearing it was saying not God not God not God over and over again when I sped it up that's all I could hear and it was so creepy because when I slowed it back down it didn't even sound anything like that but when I sped it up just by 0.5 um on YouTube it was either by 0.5 or from you know one which is just regular speed to two, two times speed. And it was saying not God. It was very clear that it was saying that. And I was like, okay, that's weird. That it, it creeped me out. And then it creeped me out even more because I had just had a dream where I saw all these celebrities. It was in Egypt and all these celebrities were saying this chant over and over. And they looked at me, one of them, two of them one of them was um was Orlando Bloom actually and the other one I think was Susan Sarandon or yeah it looked like I think it was Susan Sarandon and they were like they used this to build the pyramids and all of the celebrities were slaves and they kept saying this chant and they had stones attached to their backs and the stones were like let like kind of moving on their own and the chant was what was moving the stones and they all looked stressed out and it's it was weird because the chant is supposed to make your life better so I had that dream first and then when I played it within like three days or maybe five days of that when I played the chant that was when I heard it as saying not God and that was when I stopped because I was like there's there's something wrong with this um so I think at that point I kind of stopped doing anything like meditation. I didn't really wasn't really reading the Bible or anything, and that was when I saw um, a video where Ryan Reese, who is like a Christian radio guy, and he has a church and stuff. He does a bunch of stuff, and he's interviewing Stephen Bancars, and that's when he Stephen Bancars was explaining. Um, about different occult things and how they basically open a portal up in your home for all these evil things to access you and bother you and stuff so I think first I was just kind of like oh shoot like oh shit I don't want to like I don't want these things around me so I just threw everything out that was related to the occult um so the tarot cards and angel cards all of my threw them in the trash and candles and stuff like that and then after that I saw the Doreen Virtue interview where she's talking about or testimony where she's talking about converting to Christianity and a lot of the tarot cards I had were hers and she was saying to throw them out because 
she had a vision of Jesus and then she just turned her whole life around. But even then, I still wasn't really sold on Jesus, honestly. I, even then, I, I knew that what I had was bad. Like, I knew that the cards were bad. I knew that the, you know, the candles and idols and stuff were bad and I had to get rid of them. But I still wasn't fully sold on becoming Christian or um, Jesus. I just kind of didn't really get it still. I didn't get it. I didn't understand why, like, Doreen was so adamant about it and, like, so in love. You know, kind of, like, seeming like she's in love with Jesus and stuff like that. And even Stephen Van Carson, he talked about having an experience where he asked asked Jesus to show himself and he did in a, did something. He didn't really explain what it was, but um in the Ryan Reese interview. I think maybe in his other video he explains it. So I'm gonna I'll look that up. Um but he just was so happy talking about it. But I just still didn't understand. So um after that I just randomly saw the John Ramirez video and that was when I was like, okay, this is real <laughs> this is real and this is war and I like that you know I like that's the part of Christianity that I really like and that's the part of the Bible that I really 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 like as corny as that sounds it's it's all about the warfare aspect I really like that about it and I feel like anyone who maybe you're like floating around from religion to religion if you're an atheist I don't even know why you're listening Maybe you just like hearing me talk or something, but if you ever decide to, you know, take a religion seriously, I really look into the, the Bible. Don't go to a church, read the Bible, and you'll see it's about, it's all about spiritual warfare. It's about war. So when you decide to take Jesus and become, like, take him into your heart and really live for him, you're a soldier. You're a new recruit ready for war because these this evil like these demons these these familiar spirits they're gonna fuck with you like they want to fuck with us with people who are trying to do any good even if they're not christian but especially if you're a christian if you're a follower of the bible if you if you accept jesus into your heart and you repent and you say you know you believe lord jesus is your lord and savior and everything if you really believe that, then they really want to fuck with you. And so it's really important to understand that's what you're getting into. Like, it's it's really a war. But I like that because I'm a, I've am always just been a fighter. I'm just an aggressive person, I'll be real. And I enjoy fighting. Like, I like physically fighting. I like arguing with people. Um, it is obviously that part of that is, you know, bad things attached can make you like that. But it's just... I'm, I'm very confrontational by nature. Surpri I'm quiet, but I'm very confrontational. So I love the confrontational aspect of Christianity when it comes to combating evil. I really like that. And I've explained, if this is like the first thing you're listening to with me, I just want to make it very, like, I really want people to know I don't have a problem with homosexual, anything, gay people, same-sex, I transgender i have no problem with that i definitely think the christians that try to condemn 
the gay community are wrong for it. I think conversion therapy is horrible and wrong. There's no place that is not justified by the Bible at all. No part of that is justified. That would be like saying, because the Bible says not to be lustful, that men, you can cut off a man's penis just because of that or whatever. Like, there's that makes no sense. It's just wrong. You're not supposed to... I've said this before, but again, this is for people who are listening the first time. Um, the Bible says we're all sinners. So regardless, I mean, I personally don't 100% believe that being gay is something that is explicitly, like, it is a sin according to the Bible. And I'm going to do an episode on it with a lot of research. But even if it is, it does say that in the Bible, it's not you're not supposed to go around making people feel horrible about sin. I just don't think it's a sin because I just don't understand if you love somebody how it could be a sin. So I think when the Bible references homosexuality, it's talking about sex. Like, because it's talking about the the places where people were like having orgies on the street and crazy stuff. It's more, it's referencing that. It's not just it's not talking about relationships, like a gay relationship, because the whole idea, the thing about it is the Bible, when it comes to sex, it really wants sex to be something that's done in marriage, and, well, it doesn't really say, I don't really think it says anything about procreation, actually, now that I think about it, (laughs) like, I don't, I don't, I've never heard of it saying anything about, like, having sex only to have a kid (laughs) but um but I kind of think that's implied it's basically like you shouldn't abuse that you know you shouldn't like you shouldn't let that control you that's what the whole point of I think of it saying anything about homosexuality is more about just lust it's not about love it's about lust it doesn't talk about like relationships the whole in the bible like to be to like to have sex and have it not be you know something sinful would be for it to be to occur in a marriage which kind of sanctifies it because you're you're just doing it because you really love the person and you really you're you're united with the person and you're expressing it but the bible doesn't want people to just be lusting after each other all the time and that so i think that was kind of what that line in Leviticus means. I'm going really off track, but I'm just saying because that's a big thing that held me back from Christianity in the past. Like, but yeah. So, um, so sin. I was talking about sin. Oh, warfare. Yeah. So when I say when you're fighting against sin, I don't mean fighting people. I mean fighting energies and and fighting the flesh because it's all about not being sinful means not being of the flesh basically so it's about you give your life to God when you say you know you confess Jesus your Lord and Savior you're giving your life to God and then you you are no longer of the flesh like you're, you're trying to escape that because your flesh is what makes you do the negative things like you want to fit in 
in the physical world so you might do things that you don't really agree with and you might um you might like even with lust like i was just talking about you might do things that make you feel bad just because in the moment you feel like you you want to do it because you, how your body is making you feel but in reality you 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 don't really want to do anything but then your flesh makes you want to do it kind of thing like the whole my mind's telling me no but my body's telling me yes like that's basically what it is like you you need to be more like christianity is about being in control of the self not i mean it is about teaching others but teaching others by example not by screaming at them not by guilt tripping them it's about teaching by example and letting people know that this is a better way of living and you're gonna feel better living for god because this is the only truth that there is like if you get wrapped up in the flesh and material world it's always gonna be worthless so um I started to, when I looked at it as a war, like John Romero's testimony showed me that these demons are real, they're real and they're organized, like an organized gang or an organized army that really fight against Christians specifically. They hate Christians, the true, you know, people who really worship the devil, they hate Christians, but they can't harm them. And I think that's what appealed to me at the same time because something, I guess, just being an outcast, it something kind of appealed to me about knowing that there's a group that hates Christians. I guess it makes me want to be part of it because I kind of feel like I'm always somebody who's hated. So, or like maybe not hated, but it feels like that, you know, just somebody's always pushed to the side. So when I think about the fact that there's these evil people that are completely recognized for that and enjoy evil things and they hate this certain group of people, I want to be part of that group. I want to be hated by people who are evil because I guess on the one hand, like if you're an atheist and you want to just analyze me and judge me and all that shit, if you don't think any of this is real, I guess if you're somebody who's always rejected and then you're put in a position where you can say those that reject you are evil. It's a good feeling <laughs> to be able to say that. But but I do think that there's a real there's a real basis for that. You know, it's not I mean, even though not everybody who dislikes Christians is an actual Satan worshipper, they do things that kind of feed the beast and a lot of things in our life are taking them away from God and towards the flesh and towards seeing themselves as gods. So, um, when I heard his testimony, him being from New York, like me and just him seeing so familiar, he seemed so familiar to me. Just, you know, he's like somebody I would see on the train or just somebody's dad I would know. And, um, I think that's why he really stood out to me and everything he was saying some of it was familiar um like the idols and how there's stores that sell certain idols like saint as saint michael but you don't know what saint michael looks like and actually in the book of enoch it says saint michael i think has like six wings on his face which is like a, a seraphim the description of a seraphim a high-ranking angel but 
that when they sell you these statues, that's not what he looks like. So you're worshiping that demon that's attached to that statue. And I had those in my house. I threw them out. So when he said that, I was like, Dad, like what he's saying really makes sense. And it's and when he was describing how organized the, the demonic churches are, it just started to kind of hit me. Like, okay, I kind of understand. Um, I I feel like that's something that's real. Like the way he explains it. And if that's real, I want to be someone who's fighting against that evil. So that's really, really what got me revved up. Like I want to be on the good guy team of, of this situation. And I do believe, even before um, getting into Christianity, I believe that there was a spiritual war going on. But I think I, I didn't define it as well as, you know, the Bible defines it and um, other Christians define it. So I really, really love the idea of being in social, social warfare. <laughs> I guess it is kind of social warfare. Um, spiritual warfare i really do like that idea and and um i i really feel like better now and i do feel elevated like i feel like we're with buddhism and taoism and all this other stuff it's all about disconnecting from the material world but it doesn't give you anything to replace it with like they're telling you to not care about your belongings and things like that but then what are you supposed to care about you just care about enlightenment what's enlightenment without god what like what is enlightenment without jesus to me it makes no sense like now i have something it's like and it's like i i've said before like with the law of attraction that's the danger of new, new age religion because it takes everything out of the bible it makes it cool, and it takes out God, it takes out Jesus. That's exactly what it does. All of them do that. They all do that, even the tarot cards, even horoscopes. And the thing about, I guess this is going to be long, whatever. The thing about um, the horoscopes, for example, even though that seems harmless, and I get, I totally get why, why it seems harmless. Like, what's the big deal? But the, the issue is that, once you start to really pray, really study the Bible, really try to take Jesus into your heart and and live for God instead of live for the flesh, live for God instead. It's it's um you should feel like God is guiding you more or your your inclinations towards serving God should be guiding you more than anything else so when you check your horoscope and it's like oh today's gonna be uh, a lover's gonna come back in your life and da, da, da. i think there's two sides to it i think once you, you first of all once you read it it's almost like you're putting a spell on on yourself it's like um self-fulfilling prophecy because what i feel like once you read something like that and you already feel like you're I'm a Libra I'm like this da, da, da. and then you read that you're like you, you're damning yourself to that you feel like this is definitely gonna happen and I think once you become a follower of God you don't need that like you're not thinking about you're not even thinking about it you're not thinking about oh am I gonna see my ex-boyfriend today oh I will be great if I run into him or you're not thinking like 
oh, am I going to win the lottery? You're not thinking about that. You're just thinking about serving God. So that's the, one of the reasons I think horoscopes are wrong, you know, besides the fact that it, it has to do with familiar spirits and things like that. But another reason is um, it's kind of, it's trying to predict the future. So it's kind of like acting like it's God in a way, the horoscope. Um, and when I say it, I guess I'm talking about more like the ones you read in the newspaper or in the app or something. Um, it's trying to tell you what's going to happen. And only God knows what's going to happen. And that's the scary thing about all of these things. It's not you, especially with the tarot cards, you think, oh, because these cards say this or because they're that this has to happen. And it's not. In some cases, I feel like the familiar spirits are kind of influencing what's happening to an extent they're telling you something that they're gonna do to you and so it seems like it's just gonna happen but they're the ones that do, that actually are doing it so that's the, the the danger in that but when you follow god you just go you you feel like you're always protected you feel like everything's always gonna work out because you know you're following god like there's um some decision that i'm waiting for and if i wasn't following God, I would think I would be checking tarot cards, I would be obsessing over, I would be looking at horoscopes, all this stuff, and would that change the decision, you know, even if you're an atheist, it seems interesting, Christianity lines up with a lot of things that atheists and, you know, logical people think without having religion, and I think that's why, I like I was saying in another episode, I wish I could say something besides Christian just because I feel like Christian once people hear Christian they don't want to listen to you anymore unfortunately but I think as a follower of God you have to just be tough and and strong in your convictions and not just Well, yeah, I kind of forgot where was my point. <laughs> well, I was trying to explain how when atheists are being logical, oh yeah, so like when atheists don't, um, they think horoscopes are ridiculous, for example, or tarot cards, like how can it predict the future? And um, they also think everything about what they think is, they try to be as logical as possible, so... I think what a lot of atheists don't realize is a lot of things in the Bible are very logical. Um, and I think it's important for everybody to actually read the Bible themselves before they judge it. And I just wish that that term Christian wasn't so tainted. I wish it was something, you know, that just wasn't tainted. I just don't think it's fair that if someone says they're a Buddhist, everybody goes, ooh, a Buddhist, cool. Or somebody says they're a witch. Ooh, a witch, cool. But if somebody says they're a Christian, oh my God, okay, Jesus freak, Jesus freak, oh, like that's not fair. Oh, you're or if you're Muslim, oh, you're Muslim, cool. Everything is cool except being a Christian. That's the only one that sucks. Oh, I'm a Satanist. Oh, cool. Like everything is cool except that. Oh, what's that religion they made up? Spaghetti monster. Um, spaghetti 
one eye spaghetti monster religion or whatever oh cool everything is freaking cool except for being a christian which is the one that has the most truth most most truths within it that's the one that has the most truth within it yeah i just think anyway i i gotta explain more about how i kind of really felt deeper into being a christian and it doesn't it's not stupid like i ran into seeing but i just at after that once once i heard the john ramirez testimony and i was just really realizing that this is a real war and that i need to be a part of it and be on the winning side of it i think that's when i started to read the bible more and listen to a lot more religious things on online on youtube and try to learn try i'm still trying to learn as much as possible and i just feel more comforted knowing well i guess before i was talking about how i'm worried about um a decision that i want i'm gonna hear and i'm worried about what's gonna happen and but now that i follow god it's more like well if i don't get in it's just the right thing you know it's just it wasn't meant to be you don't want to be somewhere where people don't accept you and they say that in the bible i can't quote verses yet i'm not that good but i know there's something about that in the bible so i'm not gonna go where i'm not wanted so just gives you that attitude when you follow God. It just doesn't matter really what happens. You just have to keep following him. And you know that it's going to be the right way. So I just don't. It's like you start to get to a point where you don't really think about what's going to happen. Like you just don't really worry. Because you just know that following God is the right thing. And people put it as. See and this is the thing about. the That kind of typical Christian. Or like the stereotypical I guess I should say Christian. They'll say, God has my back. No, you follow God and you will always be going in the right direction. You shouldn't be putting it as God has your back. Like like he's like the bouncer that lets you in, lets you skip the line at the club. That's not what we're doing here. That's why Chris, That's why Christians get a bad rap. Because you treat God like the bouncer that's letting you into heaven and letting you skip the line. And that's not what it is. You follow him. And you will go in the right direction, period. It does. If you took the entire Bible and you took out all the religious parts of it and you just made it facts of life, people would eat it up. Like, you know, right now we have Jordan, Jordan Peterson's 12 rules of life. Um, I think it's 12 or 10 or 12. I think it's 12. Is it 10? No, maybe 12. That's like the best-selling book in the world or something. Like it's an international bestseller. Now, he's not he doesn't talk about like things straight out of the Bible, but it just goes to show you that that's what people are looking for right now, a Bible without religion. And I'm sure that he made that and he's basically a a, a messiah without religion. That's what he is. I mean, it's basically a religion, his book and him, he's like the the Jesus of it. I mean, as far as being a teacher, not you know, not being um, a sacrifice or for sin or anything, but he's 
but in a way he kind of is because he he is getting a lot of heat for um the things that he stands up for but you can see it if you really look at jordan peterson and everything going on around him that's a religion without religion basically it's like you're saying you're not gonna say anything about god but you're 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 setting up kind of a list where it's kind of your own ten commandments and people love it because they're things that make sense and the bible is just like that and if people would just understand that that's all it that's all it is you don't have to be scared of it and, and you don't have to be scared of the idea that there was a man that was the son of god because there's two ways well see me personally i do believe that he that i do believe there was a virgin birth i think well just I know it sounds stupid if you don't believe in it, but I really do believe that it was a virgin birth because I think, well, first of all, when an egg is fertilized, there's a spark, a physical spark that you can see. And so you can make, um, there is a way, if you put electricity to an egg cell, I've read this before. Now, you have to take this with a grain of salt. I didn't read a whole research paper. I just read information from a cloning website that has successfully cloned animals um if you apply electricity to a single egg cell it becomes fertilized so i do believe that that is what happened to mary i do think that it was something like that where god put his energy into that cell and jesus was born and also joe joseph was a relative to Adam so he was the son of God in two ways because Adam was directly related to God and I do believe that that was a divine um, uh, immaculate conception I do believe it um, so the things that happened that happened then are I believe it, things that happened years ago must have been a lot more miraculous than the things that happen now I think that there were a lot more unexplainable things back then. Um, not because people didn't know about things, not unexplainable in the sense that people were ignorant, but unexplainable because there was just less interference, really. People were much more in touch with their spiritual selves. And I think whenever you have a bunch of people like that, it's a lot easier to see evidence of the supernatural and of, you know, miracles and and interactions with god whenever there's less riffraff basically there just wasn't a lot going on back then so i definitely think that it's true that he really was son of god so but that's my point is that um there's nothing to be scared about in the bible it's not something you should feel intimidated by or you shouldn't just look at it as something that's condemning you just because it says it's not letting you do what you want. Like, I get it. Like, I'm not that old. And I get that being young, like, if you're a younger person or just, like, young at heart even, I get that part of being young is feeling like you just want to be free because you were just, I mean, when you're a teenager, you can't do anything or, you know, you have certain restrictions and as soon as you turn 18, you're basically legally you're free like people can't keep you in a house you're not a runaway if you don't go home at you know your curfew or whatever so i think when you're in your 20s and when you're young it's like 
you just want to you don't want people telling you what you're doing is wrong or restricting you and people look at christianity as a restriction because christians prevent it present it as a restriction like a like restrictive they present it as restrictive when they go and when they have conversion therapies and when they condemn people and when they you know kick their their pregnant teenage daughters out of their houses and stuff like that and you know are super super strict with their kids it's just it shouldn't be like oh but i'm a christian and this is just i think a lot of times people are hiding their own addiction to the flesh and using their christianity as a as a shield because they'll say like for example with parents there was just a really strict christian mom on dr phil and she's saying that she controls her daughter because she's using her christianity as a shield i i god is my reason for doing this no you're a controlling person and you're using god as your you're basically blaming god for you being a controlling person and using it using god as an excuse to allow you to be controlling and still feel righteous when what you're doing is completely wrong it's you're not supposed to be that super controlling over someone period and so you see it with some you know christian parents and then you see them treat people the same that come to their church you're not supposed to that's not that to me being controlling over somebody shows that you're extremely attached to the flesh and it's not about saying um it's not as simple as saying oh well jesus wouldn't do that because i think that's not really a good argument either it's not i think people kind of misinterpret the like how jesus like his personality and the personality of god because you have some people that make it seem like god and jesus just love everybody freely like like some hippies like just anything goes and then you have some people that make it seem like they're very evil and judgmental and it's just like i said if you're living not for the flesh you're just trying to walk the right direction so think of it as there's one think of when you have to travel somewhere like let's say you have to travel to mcdonald's you know that there's a certain way you need to go to travel there if you usually take a car let's say you usually take a car to mcdonald's if you decide to walk one day you know there's a certain way you're gonna have to walk you know it's gonna be a little more difficult but if you want mcdonald's and you can't take your car you're still gonna walk and so it's it's not about other people and it's even though that analogy seems very strange it's the same thing when you're walking with god you just walk to the mcdonald's it's not it, that's what they tell you to do in the book walk to freaking mcdonald's and if other people want to go to mcdonald's all they have to do is follow you you don't have to go around trying to beg people to go to mcdonald's if they're craving mcdonald's and the things that mcdonald's creates they're gonna follow you and all you have to do is walk towards the mcdonald's and it's the same thing all you have to do is walk towards god walk towards jesus and let people follow you you don't have to scream at them you don't gotta pat them or, or tie them up and drag them you, you're not supposed to do that it says not to do that in the bible 
that's why again this is why i have a problem with the with the the rep that christians get and to to the point where i feel like i can't even say that i'm a christian even though that's what i am because it just has that connotation that's the best way to put it just walk to mcdonald's if people want to go there they will follow you if they want french fries from mcdonald's they're gonna follow you because that's the only place that cooks it that specific way that's the only place that has the mcflurry so if they want the mcflurry they gotta follow you and go to mcdonald's it's, it's really that simple that's what it is that's what being a christian is about <laughs> as stupid as that sounds you walk towards god you walk and your directions are the bible you walk towards it as much as you can maybe sometimes you you get lost a little bit if you maybe it's your first time walking there and you you get lost a little bit because you can't remember exactly where it is you know how to get there by a car but walking is a different story and it's harder so you just have to look at your directions and the directions are the bible the directions are prayer you just have to use that and just keep walking to god don't worry about other people it's not about that it's not evangel <clears throat> excuse me evangelizing is not about um it's not about converting people it's really not it's about spreading the word because when you look at the way jesus used to talk and the way he used to interact with people when he was doing his miracles he he wasn't going up to the lepers and going you are so gross what i'm gonna fix you you're horrible he wasn't doing that he was just showing the capabilities that he had by healing you know he wasn't trying to condemn the people he was serving when he would be around any sinners he wasn't he would explain what God wanted us to do. He wouldn't condemn them in that way. It's not, and so I just don't think the whole judgment thing, I, I, I don't think judgment is meant to be, oh, point the finger. It's not that kind of judgment. It's the discernment. It's teaching people to be able to discern when what they're doing is of the flesh and when it's of God, and it should always be of God. And that's why you got all these Christians that are confused and yelling at transgender kids, transgender kids, gay kids, kids that are confident enough to say that they're gay. And you got these Christians yelling at them and condemning them and putting them through torture and conversion therapy and claiming that is of God. And that's wrong. There's no way that that's accurate. And what the, the whole idea of, of turning away from sin is about again not living of the flesh so you can love somebody and not be of the flesh it's just you need to encourage people to not be just sleeping around casually that's the thing that the bible is saying not to do that's the part that it does you know it wants us to turn away from because it's bad for our, our spirit more than anything else more than it's bad more than it being bad for your body it's bad for your spirit. And so that's what you should be trying to help people with. Not When you see somebody who's addicted to drugs, like the other day I felt so bad. I saw somebody who was 
strung out on it looked probably was heroin and he his pants were falling off and he had money in his hand and he was just walking with his and with his pants around his ankles and then at one point he realized that they were around his ankles he was about to fall over and he started pulling them up and he had his money in his hand and I really wanted to help him but it's like when somebody's in that state unfortunately you can't just you know you can't just like touch them like I wanted to fix his pants but obviously you can't just do that when somebody's high they could just snap and just you know they could be hallucinating it's a bunch of things so I I just left him and also I didn't want to like interrupt whatever he was trying to do because sometimes I mean this is kind of a side thing but with, with drug addicts Sometimes if they don't get their drug when they're at a certain stage and it's that bad, they, they will die. Just like an alcoholic, if they're at a certain stage and they stop drinking, they'll die. So, I mean, I prayed for him. But it's just sad when, when you see something like that. And what, what I'm saying is when you see something like that, it's just like if you see somebody who's doing something sinful or committing something that's a sin you're supposed to hurt for them because you know what they're doing is hurting them it's not supposed to be what you're doing isn't right that's not what it is it's not like when you see somebody being vain there's a great youtuber i follow but she sometimes has a habit of condemning people and and pointing the finger so for example if she saw this man i feel like she would be like she has more of an attitude of that's the wrong thing that's the wrong way to go that and that's not how i mean i feel when you follow god that's not that's not the right way to go about it you're supposed to say you're supposed to hurt because you know that that person is is hurting themselves and that's the reason why i really um, I know I keep bringing it up, but I really don't think that homosexuality is something that's sinful and loving a man, if you're a man, I don't think that's a sin. How can love be a sin? It's, I think the Bible is talking about the sex part because back then it was just seen as something recreational. At that point, it wasn't seen as like a, re like a relationship, right? It wasn't that's not what it was talking about so obviously if there's if that's something common now that can't be something that's condemned how is that hurting so if you just go by what sins are all of the sins in that are like i feel are like more official sins in the bible hurt our spirits so envy pride gluttony those destroy our spirits they make us they break us down as a human being greed how can being in love do that? That makes no sense. Being lustful does that. Just having random, like a random orgy will, will break you down in the inside. As a spirit, like in your spirit. And I believe that's what it was, the Bible was talking about and where it's bringing up homosexuality. I don't think it was talking about love. How could it be talking about what is, how could, why would it matter if the person you love is, the same gender what how would that destroy your soul is no there's no explanation for that in the bible it's not logical based on the logic of the bible and it's not me using my own logic it's based on what i read it's just 
wouldn't make sense. Um, so when I see, like, for, well, I mean, I guess I'm not a good example, but for somebody who's against, who thinks that homosexuality is the worst, like, the worst thing ever, and being gay is bad and all this shit, like, when you see, so does that mean when you see, like, a gay couple married or happy, just nice people just living their lives, you look at them and you feel like they're suffering? No, that makes no sense. That you feel like they're suffering and you need to save them <laughs> and put them with put them with women. <laughs> like that that doesn't make sense to me. Or somebody who's who's transgender, you feel like first well, it's because it says in the Bible that like men aren't supposed to wear women's clothes and women aren't supposed to wear men's clothes. I mean, I wear men's clothes. <laughs> there's a lot of there's a lot of Christian people like women that wear men's clothes. So, like, even that, it's like, how is that hurting your spirit if you're wearing men's clothes as a woman? It's not, like, those kind of, that, that, come on, like, let's be, like I said, I just feel like it comes down to, is it of the flesh, and is it hurting? When you see someone else doing it, do you feel pain for them? Like, maybe if somebody's, like, very conservative Christian, like, we're talking stereotypical, anti-gay, anti-trans Christian Maybe that person looks at a transgender person and feels bad because they feel like maybe that they're confused or they think they're, like, possessed or something like that. Um, but I don't, I kind of feel like that's projecting. Like, you're projecting because you think what they're doing is, is wrong. And so you're not seeing that they're in turmoil without expressing themselves. Um, in that gender you you can't understand what that feels like and that that is there that's something that's torture so how is that sin and again I do think it's more about serving God and like you shouldn't be thinking if anything those the Christians that are against it should be against it because they should say well um you should be like not really worrying about if you feel like a man or a woman you should just be worrying about if you're serving god that should be their only argument that they could bring up but then you could say anything you could say oh you shouldn't be worrying about your your broken arm you know you could really say anything and i just think it's like with being i feel like people go through so much to when they when they're transgender I don't understand how a, a, a Christian who is supposed to be someone who wants to help others and spread the, you're supposed to spread the atmosphere of heaven. How can you look at somebody who goes through so much, some people who are transgender lose their whole family because no one accepts them. Like you see a lot of, I feel like nowadays you see a lot more positive stories about it, but I was interested in, in, um, transgender people from a very young age I guess because I was kind of like a really really big tomboy so I was really interested in it um and I always thought it was, I just I don't know I never thought it was weird I don't really to me I just looked at it as it's just not a big deal I just don't I get why it's a big deal obviously you're you're changing what you were born as but I just feel like at the end of the day I don't 
think it's that different than if you have small boobs and you get breast implants. It's just a way to, I think that's actually a really good comparison because when girls get breast implants, they're treated completely differently. If you go from an A cup to a D cup, you're going to get a lot more popular right away. And I think it's that same kind of, when you're transgender, it's the same kind of transformation where you want a different reaction from people when you're when you're living your life so when you're a woman you're, the reaction you get from people is completely different so your interaction with the world is different and it's based on how you appear but when you're and when you're a man it's completely different so if I all of a sudden was turned was a man and I went back through all the jobs I've had in my life I would have a completely different experience just off of appearing as a man and people treating me as a man so I don't think it's as big of a deal as people are making it and I don't think it's like a spirit like really a spiritual um problem or issue um I think it's more about expression it's about and it's not even it's about kind of like I kind of look at it as like a reverse expression like you're trying to get other people to view you as you view yourself and and the way our society is set up with those two genders it's easy to be I think it's kind of easy to be confused about it because if you if you're a man and you just happen let's just say you you didn't identify as transgender for like your whole life until you were older so your whole life you just think I really, I really am into girl stuff, and you don't really think of it outside of that. You're just, you're a man. Alright, you gotta take a break.